everyone, and welcome to a very exciting episode of Scene Partners Podcast with Chris McDowell and, and Cody. Oh, sorry, you got it. <laughs> no, it's too late. You already did it. And who? Cody Walker. <laughs> I like that you had to use your finger. Yeah. <laughs> that was really gross. <laughs> well, I was going to do that thing. I was going to do a different thing, and then I panicked at the last second. I wasn't saying that it was gross that you used your finger. I think it's just gross that we're having this discussion. With people not understanding. Here's the thing. Because they can't see. What, uh, how this correlates to theater, because I'll <laughs> bring it back, is that sometimes you make we'll a choice. bring it back. You can't bring back anything whenever right. we haven't started. We're starting. We haven't done we this in a while. We go backwards so, when we haven't began. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can we go back to the beginning? We're yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's happening Hello, right everyone. now. <laughs> hey, how has your week been, buddy? Um, it has been busy. But it's also been like a busy month because I don't think we've seen each other much. No. In about a month or so. Well, you know, I mean, there was a period in my life where I didn't exist for that's, that's quite true. a little bit. And now, but I'm I'm like back in the world. New podcast, who dis? That's kind of, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, there's been like a whole lot of, I feel like every time that we do this now, since we do it not like every week, which is really hard to remember it like what that was like yeah like you and i getting together every week and talking for an hour jesus like we we had a lot more time on our hands <laughs> yeah i was like when did that happen um but yeah now it just feels like every time that we do this there's been some big life event that's occurred that's true but i think also just like so many things have been changing like you're directing your first show with a high school yes uh yes um i'm uh, directing Menard. Oh, you just got like I'm, I don't know how to actually talk about this. <laughs> it didn't it didn't occur to me that we. I like about that this. you said I'm directing Menard. No, no. Okay, so I have to take a step back. I am co-directing with Devin, who uh, played Joe in Little Women. She mm -hmm. and I are directing together uh, Shrek for Menard High Holy School. Savior, the Holy Savior of Menard High yeah, School. Yeah, they're yeah they're H S M. SH or something like and I was, it for a me. private Catholic school yeah. you're directing their high school production yes yes and it has been um I was telling you today that like it's so fulfilling to watch um high schoolers sort of come to life with a mm -hmm. show and it's it's sort of that thing where the more excited you are about it the more excited they get yeah and watching them sort of see this thing come to life mm -hmm. in a really tangible way and having them get really excited and start to get into all the little characters and all the little things that are making the show work. And one of the things that I told them is, especially when you go watch something professionally in the, the characters who play in the background, a lot of the times the ensemble, they really make the show come to life. Sure. The leads are the ones that are quote unquote getting the credit, but when a show feels dead, it's because either the ensemble isn't there or they are not moving mm -hmm. in the way that they should. And they've yeah, all you really have to build the environment. But for high schoolers, they see it as the lead is yeah. everything, you know, but, for for younger actors, yeah. I guess I should say. But these kids have really taken it to heart and are really doing it and going full out and all out and all the things. And the course, only thing the that, show that you're doing is supremely ensemble based. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's Shrek. And, you know, you have your core four, if you will, um, throughout the show. But then every single scene after that is just here's a new fairy tale character that the ensemble is going to play. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel really bad for people that 
do play the ensemble, but it is a lot of fun because you come in, you're a different thing, and then you come off, and then you're like the Farquads people, mm-hmm. then you leave, then you're a guard, and then you're part of the drag. It, it's just a lot of things that they get to do, and watching them, you know, get to do these things and have fun and be completely over the top makes me miss <laughs> performing as well. Yeah, that is one of those hard things, like getting, like directing people and things that one you've been in, mm-hmm. and to especially when I think whenever you've been in it and then you're on the other side of it and you get to make the decisions of like, Oh, this is how I, I thought this should go. And now the world is the way that you saw it originally and you don't get to play in it. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, Oh, but there's, there's kind of a, it's a nice other side of the coin, I guess I should say, because it is such an interesting thing being able to create something and see how, you can bring those kids along mm-hmm. and get them to buy into the journey is really cool. And what's what's interesting, I guess because maybe I was in it before, like I don't have, I wouldn't, when I directed uh, Orient Express, I never felt the need to be in the show. Mm-hmm. Where it was like, no, all of these things are in place the way that they are supposed to be. There's yeah. no need for me to want to play any of these mm-hmm. characters. But with this, it's like, oh, something that's cartoony and over the top. Yeah, I kind of want to be fun. <laughs> yeah, well, I just be like, part of that. yeah, having because, you know, what it feels like to kind of, you know, milk it on yeah. stage and enjoy that moment. Oh, for sure. Especially the the bad guy Farquaad in that show gets mm-hmm. to do all of the things. But I would like to um, at some point we've had Devin on as an actor, but I would love to have her on, you know, post directing. Oh, gosh, how dare like she her head would be so huge. Oh, oh my God. The ego on that woman. I mean. Don't even know. Mm-hmm. You know what? I made I made a pledge that I wasn't going to be sarcastic anymore because I was told once that sarcasm cuts, and that's why it's called sarcasm, and it leaves wounds. So I'm I'm not being sarcastic when I say that she is going to have an ego on her like you have <laughs> never. <laughs> that went from being like humorous to that's the meanest thing you've ever said about this person. <laughs> No, that would be really cool to have to have Devin on here and get that perspective. I mean, I would just like to have her on here anytime mm-hmm. that she would possibly want to. But yes, to get that perspective on what she's got going on. Also, another um, one of the actors from Little Women this weekend is doing a masterclass for us, which yes. is crazy cool. Um, and it, it's just it's really neat when people contact you with an idea and then somehow it ends up like your thing. You're mm-hmm. like, How did that happen? Um, and I'm not saying that in like a bad way, um, but just like, Hey, I had this idea and I thought that it would be good for you guys and your company or whatever, that it would fit well. It's just neat that people, when they are coming up with stuff, think of, you know, something that you're doing or that, that you've created as a, as an outlet for it, you know? Yeah. Um, when they could literally probably go anywhere else, but I'm really excited. Uh, you know, Sarah, Catherine Laboid is just like always in everything and just doing all of the things. She's so impressive. With I don't really know all of the ideas she, she comes it. up with and then executes every single idea. Yeah, I don't really know how she she makes all of that happen. And and crazy creative on yeah, top of that. It's just not 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 totally fair. But I'm, I mean, I'm just I'm super impressed with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Anyway, she's she's going to offer we're offering a master class with her that she's leading um, at the Fox Theater um, kind of with play on in the Fox. And um, it's for young female performers and about like building confidence in mm-hmm. them, which I just think is so awesome. 
And, you know, just the fact that all the the people that are going to be working with them are also going to be like female performers yeah. that have been doing this and that started out whenever they were younger around that same age and kind of understand what it is like to basically be in a, um, I, I wouldn't say profession, but, you know, be in this sort of creative atmosphere where basically you have to deal with criticism constantly yeah. at a young age. And I, I always wonder, you know, like for me as a male director working with, you know, with females, like how, like the things that I say, the ways that it could come across, like I'm always kind of worried about that, like mm-hmm. being sensitive to it just because I know that, you know, I may not, like what I actually mean may not come across in yeah. that way. And so just like trying to protect, you know, certain feelings. Um, but anyway, it, it's just, I'm really happy that it's them talking to them about it because they understand like yeah. it's their life. They've lived it the same kind of thing. So anyway, I'm just really excited about it. I think it's going to be awesome um, for the weekend of all the things, but it is going to be a good time. I'm yes. excited. So, but let's, uh, you know, while we're talking about play on, like, you know, some, some things have changed for you. No, nothing's changed for you. Okay. Well, <laughs> this has been a great podcast. I'm, uh, <laughs> do, I'm the uh, Menard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I don't g- often talk about me on this. Thing, I don't so, you know. <laughs> this, is crazy, crazy. this is the Chris podcast. Um, that would be kind of funny if we could just like even out before the score. dark. This is the Chris podcast. <laughs> it's safe. <laughs> I, I think that it would be a really funny thing for us to do just an entire podcast of you answering all of the things or like talking about all the things that I've talked about, but from your perspective, since you never get to speak <laughs> and it'd just be like one solid, like on this podcast, this is what I would have said Yeah, <laughs> on this podcast. I was thinking this. I, I, I never think back like I should have said something here, but oh, there's well. been, only been a couple of times when you've caught me off guard about the topic and it's like, Oh, we're doing okay. This is what we're doing today. All right, cool, well, cool, um, cool, cool, cool. So before we get into like what I was actually thinking that we would talk about today, yes, I like have had an opportunity to take a different job, and so that has been you know a very and that's been within the last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just some changes, you know, like I I really didn't think that I would be leaving the job that I was at, and. Uh, I have zero problems of uh, talking about why I left and the reasons behind it. Um, if anybody would like to come and talk to me, yeah, in private. <laughs> um, but and I will say that there are some really, really great people that are still teaching where I was, mm-hmm. and thank God for that because without them, oh my gosh, I would be terrified for the students. Um, but I am very thankful that they are there, but I'm also thankful that I had an opportunity that I could take a different job that was less demanding on my soul mm-hmm. and of my physical time, because I just, you know, you, you realize how much you actually miss. I mean, I have not really been able to be like a good friend. I haven't been able to be a good partner. I haven't been able to be a good dad, like all those things is because I'm not available, Mm -hmm. you know? And so like having the opportunity to make a shift and to not be in the classroom anymore, which is a little strange. Yeah. Um, but 
still kind of nice because I still get to work in a school. Yeah. Um, and just be creative on that end, like be creative on the side of things of helping the school succeed and, you know, put its best foot forward and make money. Um, and that kind of side of things is a little bit easier. It's a little bit, it, you know, not to take that home with you and mm-hmm. have that weighing on your heart. So anyway, so I'm now the director of advancement at Alexandria Country Day School, which is cool. Um, and it's a little strange because it doesn't have anything to do with theater, which might be the first job I've had like that in a real way, like ever. right so that is a little weird but you know they're they're doing a show at the school and when i took the job i had some people ask me about it they're like hey are you gonna direct the show for us and i was like uh no no i'm not and it was just kind of strange of i you know because i have directed for them in the past but just thinking man i have no desire yeah like of course i i love the kids and i would love to like work with them and stuff, but I just like that part of it is great, but just I do not have anything in me that wants to do that. I think it's because you've spent so much time away from, you know, your wife and your daughter that it's like I have this opportunity to get back some of that time yeah. with them in the evenings that I would like to take advantage of those things. Well, I almost kind of And feel, me, because I haven't seen you in like a month. It's true. It's <laughs> true. I mean, we've talked on the phone. Yeah, yeah, pretty much every day. Um, But anyway, it's it's just, I, I honestly think that it is, and it, it kind of like leads into a little bit of what I wanted to talk about, but I honestly feel like that I have been artistically wounded. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. And I don't know if I have any other way of talking about it. Um, you know, like when you, I, I read this very interesting blog and I wish that I could uh, remember the the lady's name who wrote it. And it, and to be honest, it wasn't like a very eloquently written piece. It was an onstage blog, but, and it wasn't super long or anything, but there were some things that she put in there that I think just like were, was things that I have been experiencing for the last seven months. And uh, so it just kind of like spoke to me a little bit. Um, but it, it, it was interesting. It, it, one of the things that she said was um, when we have been through like unsafe situations, I'm very much paraphrasing and kind of mm-hmm. using my own words, but when we have been through things that are unsafe, we like to be around other people who have also not been safe Mm. and that was I was like man that does make a whole lot of sense like whenever I look at you know friendships that I've had and relationships that I've had like you know there's there's things from my past that have lended themselves to this other person's experiences you know Mm -hmm. like that makes sense um but she went on to talk about how you know, theater is almost like this, is viewed as this safe haven, you know, for the people that, you know, can't really find a place anywhere else. It's this acceptance of weirdness and, you know, just being, you know, whoever it is that you want to be. You get to play all these other characters. You're celebrated for being crazy and weird and, you know, making people laugh and the ability to use your imagination where in other things you're kind of like, you know, pushed into a corner because, you are strange. Mm-hmm. Um, but that strangeness is celebrated in theater. And so when someone 
comes into that space and disrupts it or like, you know, it's almost like this sacred area that we have created. And when somebody comes in and kind of starts destroying that and tearing that down, it is really, really difficult to remain in that space. It's almost like even more heartbreaking, yeah. I think, just because it is so, uh, I don't know, I guess precious really is the way of viewing it. Mm. And I think in an educational setting, um, not just in a like professional theater setting, like what she was talking about, um, but on a professional, like in a, in a educational setting, it's almost even more so because I, I think for me, I think back to whenever I was in school, what I would have needed in a theater program, which I didn't have. Yeah. And, um, and so thinking that and then trying to create a culture whenever you have, um, that, that is accepting of these, these kids that need a home essentially in a, in a safe place to be whenever you have people come in that literally just feels like it's their life mission to set it all on fire and to basically just sit back and watch it burn. It just, it is, it is painful. Mm -hmm. It is very painful. Um, and so I just, I, you know, I read the blog and I was thinking about my own personal situation. And then she also was kind of talking about the trauma. Um, and what's kind of interesting that we're doing this masterclass this week, this weekend about uh, confidence, building confidence in young female performers, because she was talking from the perspective of this young, as a young female performer that her and two of the other people in the show that they were doing all had very different backgrounds, came from completely different places in the world, um, and yet they all had almost all the same stories about what it was like to grow up doing theater and the like trauma that was kind of associated with that, with mm. working with sometimes like other female cast members or, you know, horrible directors or choreographers, like the things that people say. Yeah. And I, and I know that as an educator, it is very easy, and I'm sure you understand too, um, just in your stint of working with kids or being around, mm. you know, being in theater as long as you have. Um, it is super easy for to, to say something that is hurtful. Yeah. And maybe not necessarily it is your intention, but the it, it is definitely very easy to say something that is viewed as like, why in the world? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Did this person just say this to this human being, you it's, know, and they're going to carry that with them now forever. And it was like this thing that whoever says it is, it's, it's in and gone. Yeah. It's, you know, I think one of the things that I especially tried to do is I, I try to work very hard in only using positive words yeah. And especially as a director or someone who is helping actors get to a certain specific place that you want them to be in. I think it's very important to say only those positive things to get them there because I don't have and, and maybe I do. And maybe people have just said things and I've just never been told them behind my back or whatever. It's just like I don't necessarily listen to, but it's very easy to hear like the negative things mm -hmm. and to dwell on them. You yeah. know, you hear a hundred positive things, but one negative thing and that's the one you dwell on. Yeah. It's always going to be worth, it's going to weigh more for sure. So I, you know, can understand a hundred percent because I have seen that, um, that tearing down within um, theater groups mm -hmm. and even within very, 
specific shows. And it makes no sense yeah. to me. It's like, that's not your role in the show. So, well, just the, just the, like, you know, people's desire, I guess, to, um, to take something apart for no reason. I mean, yeah. and I, and I know that, you know, we've talked about it and I say it a lot, you know, the quickest way to build yourself up is to tear someone else down. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't necessarily understand, I guess, because my, my mind doesn't really necessarily go that route because i just think you know we if we're all great then we all succeed yeah (laughs) there's no reason for you to be worse than me you know that doesn't that doesn't quite compute in my brain um but i guess it's also because i don't view performance as a competitive sport yeah but i think when people think like uh, oh i should have been uh demetrius not you I so mean, I've definitely been there and <laughs> I definitely wanted to be Demetrius. Yeah. So, and it was that guy's freaking mouth breather. It was awful. He was, <laughs> he was out of breath everywhere. I hate went. when people talk <laughs> like this all the time. Well, I was like, at one point in time, he's literally asleep. <laughs> he is asleep. And the, and the Duke comes in and he's like, yo, why are y'all sleeping on the floor? And he woke up out of breath. He was like, <sighs> I was. I would love was, to hear your Shakespeare abridged. Dream. Yo, y'all be asleep. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, it was a dream. Whoa! I was like, dude, you can't have just ran a mile. Yeah. I saw you laying on the floor. Yeah. Ugh. Unless he's just he was that out of shape that sitting up <laughs> and realizing he was in a different you know set of clothes. He's like, I guess when I changed, I got out of breath. I didn't yeah. even remember that. It was great. But but sort of back to the point, it's just... I still remember that guy's first and last name. I'm you're not going to say it. You're sort of proving the point here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> but I never I never tore him down for getting... Yeah. I was just annoyed personally in my soul. Yeah. It's, you know, it's something that I genuinely have to self-reflect on because I can sometimes say things and think that my intention on what I mean and look at the person Mm -hmm. and it's not the right thing to have said or intend. It's like, Oh, my intention doesn't make a sound, but what I just said reverberated this whole room. I can definitely give you a lot of examples of me doing that. And then trying really hard to eat those words out of the air again. Yeah. And it mm -hmm, is painful. mm -hmm, It is very painful. I know we don't have to rehash any of those things, but it is. No, no, I was thinking about myself. Not you. Good. (laughs) Because I was like, please don't. Um, But it is very, I, I don't know. It's just very difficult to be intentional with what you're saying, especially when I think, you know, for me, if I'm in a social situation and there's, nothing going on or whatever I feel the like it is my job to spur the moment and yeah to keep things going almost like it's you know everything is on stage mm-hmm. so always 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 filling the space which is probably whenever I leave and I always have I'm filled with regrets from social gatherings <laughs> <laughs> just like do you ever ask Lexi like like when you're leaving did I talk too much Every single time that we leave, every time that we leave anywhere, I ask that question. Was I annoying? Did I embarrass you? Am I okay to see these people again? (laughs) (laughs) One, two, three. She could probably pretty much just answer it when we get in the car without me asking. Yeah. 
I mean, eventually, maybe we'll give it a couple. Uh, of yes, years. yes, and maybe. <laughs> so, like, well, I can see them again. Maybe not you. <laughs> um, but anyway, I just I. It's weird that we don't get invited to things. It's so strange. We just invite each other. We invite other people. Yeah. Um, but you know, thinking about that, and like now you're working on the high school level. It just, uh, or you're working on the high school level for this show. Um, it is. I'm interested to to kind of see you work through this process of educating people in the way that you would like to be educated. That's oh, for the way sure, that yeah. I, I think about it. Like when I direct things, I think that I direct in a way that I like to be directed. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then I think that's why I scare some people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, well, this is what I like. But with high schoolers, you kind of have to pivot because – they're literally developing as human beings and well, for everything sure. you do, they remember. And they don't have at, at Menard, uh, they don't have like a dedicated theater class right. like Bolton uh, had Yeah, or, or it really uh, several of the other high schools in, in the area, but they don't have like a dedicated class that like sort of teaches them sort of things. And for example, tonight I just left a rehearsal and then came here and now we're recording this podcast. Um, one of the actors said, Hey, look, I, you know, we were at a game last night. We just lost the state semifinals or whatever in soccer. And I was yelling, so I don't really have it in my voice. And I was like, that's fine. We're in rehearsal. And I, I know that you want it to be perfect because I always want every time I do something to be Mm -hmm. perfect the first time I said, but that's why we have rehearsal. It's to get better every single time. The only time I want it to be right is when the stage is lit mm-hmm. and you're out there. That's when it really matters and really counts. Here, we can screw up all we want. Yeah. And that's the beauty of why we have rehearsals. You don't have to hit every note. You don't have to learn everything in one night. Mm-hmm. And that's on me for wanting to do that. But it's like, I wish someone had told me and instilled in that in me that like you can be imperfect every time beforehand. Yeah, celebrating the failure, but also still teaching them that they have to put in the work yeah like it's not like a free pass like just because it's i think that was a trap that i got into sometimes with being like you know we i want you to fail in rehearsal so that we can get it right on the night like Mm -hmm. do all the things make all the choices that you can and we'll see what sticks Mm -hmm. but and and that is so much better than making zero choices yeah Um, but then i started watching him try things and it was so, I was, I was so proud. I was like, look at like, you. Look at him oh go. my gosh. <laughs> These are my kids. Yeah. So now you'll understand a little bit whenever opening night comes around, I'll be very interested to see how you feel about these kids performing the show that you've kind of helped push them along because you do see them from the beginning. I think it's so much more so than with adults because you just know how much more they have to overcome mm-hmm. to be there. You know, I mean, that is, it takes it just takes a lot for a teenager or a kid to get up in front of other people and to do silly things. Oh, for sure. Cause they want to, they want to all look cool mm-hmm. and to set those inhibitions and, and the things that are what I would call roadblocks aside to really lay out these big over the top characters. Yeah. But in you a, have in a really to do everything way. that you can to make them feel safe enough to do that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And once, uh, and that's kind of a hard thing to overcome is in the beginning, you know, they're all kind of sizing each other up and looking around and being like, where, what is this going to be like? Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to be the one that forces 
their trust into existence. So I've observed you do something and I've sort of incorporated it. And it's that I fire one person. Yeah. On the very first day, very first day. <laughs> whoever the best kid in the group is. <laughs> no, um, I, uh, try to out goofy all of them. Yes. Yeah. That and it's works. like, you will never outdo me mm-hmm. as far as embarrassing yourself. Yes. And then they sort of like let those walls sort of fall down. That is kind of a quick way. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is a hard, a hard. It is watching and observing you do things. It was like, oh yeah, that's right. If you act goofy, then well, they're willing to do it you with basically, you. Basically, if, if you're doing something, you know, I don't like giving line readings Mm-mm. and I don't like showing anyone exactly what to do. So most of the time, what I end up doing is if I have to get up there, I do whatever it is that I want them to do like a thousand percent more. And I hope that they give me 20. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's, that is kind of the hope. I'm going to give you 40 things. I hope you do one of them. It's more like I'm going to give you 3000. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to hope for a half. And that's like, but you, you celebrate that moment mm-hmm. though, whenever it does happen. And then you'll see like, it's so interesting, like how they'll be going through the show. And then as they develop that trust with themselves as a cast, like how they will start incorporating the things that you've asked them to do mm-hmm. that you're like, Oh, I guess they're never going to do that. And then they'll start doing it. You're like, what? Why couldn't you trust? It's what, what I'm, what I'm anxious to see because I've, I've been to, you know, a couple of your uh, opening night things with, with kids or, you know, uh, grand dress and then, you know, watching the shows. It'll be interesting to see like when something works, mm-hmm. them then add all of that stuff back in. Yeah. That they intentionally left out. Like mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. It's not, Oh wait, it might be funny. It, it might, might be. be. Yeah. Maybe this guy knew what he was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I, I just, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for you and I'm really excited for me to be in an office. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is kind of interesting though. Like the, the, almost like abusive relationship that you can have with this particular job. Mm -hmm. And it is so strange. It's like, why in the world? Well, it's almost like this thing that you hold precious, this diamond Mm -hmm. has now been chipped from your perspective. Kind of take it back to your original, your first point of the two that you had made uh, is that like, yeah, you kind of don't want to look at it for a little while maybe yeah i just you know i i i'm thinking about you know you and i are about to do greater tuna and i'm super pumped about it um and i know that we've got some other stuff coming down the pipeline and i'm really excited about those things yeah but i also know that that's probably because i can control the environment at my own theater company yeah And I get to say who's there and who's not. And that is a big thing. I thought you were about to say, I um, am, you know, we're doing greater tuna and that's great, but I'm more excited for the other things that are coming. (laughs) And I went, no. Yeah, me too. Me too, ma'am. Me too. I know the exact (laughs) number of days from today, which I doubt you do. For when we open tuna? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I, I, uh, I'm dwelling on that one for a minute. I know the exact number of days. 45. It's not 45. 63. (laughs) No. 72. No. We could be here all night. You were closer on the 70s. It is. But anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's not a competition. 
But I am really excited about it. Well, I also like I could do it. <laughs> I also have been thinking, you know, just because we've done Greater Tuna before, um, of like what I could do to change the set in a way that doesn't destroy, you know, what we have to have because yeah. it's so specific. Mm-hmm. But just like some things that we could do to make it a little bit more interesting as far as, you know, just a set perspective since you know, like the most interesting thing that happens as far as the set pieces go is us. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you don't really want like a whole bunch of stuff to distract from what you're doing. So I definitely don't want it to look like, you know, Branson, Missouri threw up. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On there, which I think a lot of people. Interpret. But that's sort of the beauty of the show. Like they immediately begin to buy into us mining yeah. everything. Well, really. you also have to be like, your set has to be neutral because you go to so many different locations mm-hmm. yeah. that are really only defined off of what door you walk in. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like I was thinking, I was like, man, it would be so cool. Like on the stage left side of the house to put a screen door. But then I thought, Oh my God, we would be listening to that freaking door. <laughs> Just constant. <laughs> and also <laughs> it would then like highlight the amount of times that you go in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't need you to have any more excuse. I just feel like you'd be slamming that thing like every <laughs> single time. But I do think like, it would be so funny. Like I was thinking like when your character Charlene comes in there now, we're just going off top. Now I'm just talking to you. Yeah, this yeah. isn't even a podcast anymore. When Charlene comes in to have like her, um, what Molly Shannon, superstar moment where she Tuna, slams oh, 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 the oh, no, no, yeah, door yeah, yeah. Th- horrible horrible she slams it three times in a row every time she screams it'd just be so funny anyway um i'm we're not putting a screen door in there but i just think that it would be great fun screen doors everywhere the whole set is <laughs> doors it's we're just gonna, doors. we're gonna have to go find some old screen doors <laughs> i got them i got them already okay we're good um leftover from mockingbird Anyway, um, but I am really excited about that stuff, but I just like thinking of doing anything outside of that where I can't control all the variables. It's almost like my mind can't wrap itself mm-hmm. around it. And um, I, I don't know. It is it is kind of strange. It's, it feels almost like my my like I went through a trauma. <laughs> yeah. And, and my brain has disassociated yeah 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 i don't know what the exact psych psychological word there is but it is something like disassociate but yeah it's it's you know you're you're essentially what you're trying to do is it it, it's it's a very multi-layered complex thing that you're trying to do there in that you're trying to break yourself away from this because you know it's kind of an avoidance technique where it's like I don't want to do anything that I can't control anymore because I don't want to get hurt in that same way. Yeah, it is almost like going through a breakup and then so now you'll never go to anyone like that ever again. Yeah. You know, and so it's that's that's pretty much the way that I feel. It's like and if I want to continue to do this then I have to do this completely differently. Yeah, yeah. Like I can't do it's, it that it, way. And you know, without being like super specific, I think that because this was said to me, it's like, you know why you keep sort of being around the same person all the time? It's because you're the problem. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, no, what? Oh, I I guess I do really like see those things Mm -hmm. and think that 
maybe I should be the hero of that yeah. particular story. And then it ends up like tearing me down in such a way that I never want to do any of that ever again. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's, you know, it takes a while to sort of put the building blocks back in place where you are able and or free to say, I am ready to do this thing again. Yeah. Well, and I don't, but I also think think that this is a little different and that you are now in a place where you can control every situation you want to be a part of. Yeah, that is very true. And, you know, I think that if, as, as far as like where I was with the job and everything, um, I mean, I was fortunate enough while I was working at this particular place um, to have job offers other places. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was fortunate enough for one to come along at the right moment. Yeah. (laughs) And then I had an option that I could, that I could leave and it would work out better. But you know, it, it is kind of interesting because I think my entire life I have, always led from like the like the theater is the thing that I always said yes to and I made all my decisions around that Mm -hmm. so like if I was going to be doing anything it was going to be with the intention of something to do in theater like it didn't matter like I like I remember very specifically the moment that I took a performing job that paid more money over a performing job that I really wanted. Mm. And the experience of that was awful, (laughs) but you know, like you have to make decisions like that. The older that you get, it's like, well, I mean, this job is going to pay me more. The script is not necessarily like what I want to be doing. And the role is not as exciting, but I'm going to be making a whole lot more money. So that is what I'm going to do. Um, and so, it's but just, I would argue that the adverse is now available for you and that you can do things that are more creative fulfilling yes. than, uh, necessarily, um, box office fulfilling. Yeah, no, I've a hundred percent. And, but it's just, it, it's just very interesting. And, um, and anyway, um, I am, I am very excited about all of it and I've kind of, you know, I've been sending you guys text messages and poor Lexi had to sit through some of it today, but I had a horrible need to be interesting whenever I was (laughs) becoming a human. And so like I kept a lot of journals and I got to tell you, I've thrown away a lot of journals Mm -hmm. today. Um, You didn't want to make a Matthew McConaughey green lights book. um, No, I kept some journals. They're right above your head. Um, For the listening audience, there's a bookshelf above. This is it. (laughs) You just grab the dictionary. <laughs> it's a good book. <laughs> That's probably as interesting as these journals. I could be as loquacious um, as you. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, this is very, very interesting. I mean, the journals are ridiculous. Um, some of them is kind of interesting. Like, oh, I didn't realize that this is when that happened. Um, and a lot of it is like, why are you so sad? Oh, sidebar, sidebar. <laughs> Does it askew your timeline with how you thought events had played out? Oh, you see, I didn't. I wasn't that good with keeping schedules. It does, or keeping like dates on the top. Yeah. Um. It does make me think I didn't realize that this happened so long ago. Mm-hmm. Like that. That to me is like what? That's crazy. I did reach a point in my age where I saw a video the other day, and they went, "This is what you think Mario twenty years ago looks like. Here's what it actually looks like." And I was like, 
Mario on the GameCube, and I went, I hate everything about <laughs> this generation. Um, but it was interesting was like just reading some of the things about performing and some of the jobs that I had that I honestly forgot that I had, which were kind of cool. And then basically ending like the last journal ended with me saying, at least I have my best friend, Ernie, which is my dog. (laughs) That was like the very last sentence. But that was when I turned, when I turned 30 and I was real sad. I was Mm. real sad. I didn't realize I was that sad until I, until I, you know, sat in my apartment and uh, started yeah. writing down all my life's accomplishments and failures. That's a that's a hard list, man. It was a hard list, and that's how it ended. At least I have Ernie, <laughs> my best friend. But you um, know, I I think like I think so many people and and sort of like that. You know, we were talking about comparison and all this other stuff. It's like I think so many people view failure as like this bad thing, and it's like. Yeah. I don't really see it. It's like always an opportunity well, to grow. So yeah. I mean, I definitely, according to those journals, learned a lot. Um, <laughs> but it is what, what, what helped me, I think, in seeing that and those like awful mistakes is that it is nice to remember that you're not perfect. And yeah. that like, you know, just because today you is logical and can look at things in a, in a logical way, um, doesn't mean that everyone else is there yet. Yeah. And so like, it, it, I don't know, it almost like helped me give other people a little bit more grace, Mm -hmm. especially people who are younger than me. Um, just, just because I'm like, you're figuring this all out. Like we're all just figuring it out. And I know that in, if I were to write something down today, um, even though I like, Hey, well, I don't, I don't journal anymore. It's like, no, I just do a podcast with my best friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but if I, you know, it's just like going back and listening to that first podcast is so cringe. Yeah. It's so cringe. But the more you do something, the more you figure and like, it's so crazy because I'm but sure I can that, respect its existence. Yeah. You can, you can, oh yeah, especially, but you can sort of like look at those journals and see how far you've come. Yeah. And the same with like how far we've come with this podcast, not just in like sound quality, but like how we make things function, how we learn how to not have a set structure on beginning and ending any of this. (laughs) Um, Well, it's the discovering what works best for you. Yeah. And and it's finding your own voice in the world. And, you know, what's crazy to me is I think about this now in my mid 30s that I don't have any of this stuff figured out and I'm still like learning to meander through the wilderness and the woods and what do I want? And I I still like in my mind, I still think, am I still 16? Do I still not hard not to have that perspective? Understand like, but I've come so far with what I am able to do. And then what I know now Mm -hmm. that I'm capable of doing. Yeah. And like things that I thought were impossible to reach, you know, three or four or five years ago, I'm now doing today and and it's just like wild to think that oh I have a new set of goals that I now don't know if I can accomplish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just a weird place to be in, I guess. Yeah, no, it is totally strange. Well, you just think that, you know, when you're at this certain point, like I thought whenever I turned 35 that I would be someplace you know, well, I definitely thought that I would be probably married and have kids or whatever and and I do have that. Yeah. But I don't like for some reason in my mind, I would think that that would mean that I was an adult. 
Yeah. And in my brain, I'm like, that's, that's not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not an adult yet, though. Like, am I an adult? And then I see pictures of myself and I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. Like, TikTok had this filter guy. the other day where it was like, look at yourself in your younger years. And I went, I mean, I still look fairly young. And then I put that filter on and I went, oh, no. Yeah. I did that same thing and it just looked like I had the patchiest beard. It was like not working with Why my facial so hair. Hurtful? It was not working with my facial hair. But what's crazy is, you know what, like, it, it won't be until 35 years from now that, you know, your daughter will look and think, oh, I don't, I don't have this all figured out. Maybe, maybe mom and dad didn't either. Well, uh, Lexi wouldn't let me throw all the journals away, so she can definitely see that. <laughs> if she just <laughs> takes a read. <laughs> if she gets nosy and starts looking around. Yeah. Um. But I am crazy excited. I mean, it was it was really difficult to not like constantly harping on that other like me leaving the job. It was incredibly difficult to leave the job, and I was really stressed out about it. It was rough. Um, uh, I got the phone calls. I know, but I am so excited now. Like I think just having some time removed from it for like what I'll actually be able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, without any roadblocks, essentially. Well, the thing that I'm excited about um, from an outsider's perspective is uh, having you focus on less things along the way for what we do next. Yeah. And that, like, the longer you can... Because it, it, I love the way that your mind thinks creatively, and I think that's why you and I get along so well, is that, like, we kind of, like, have this sort of symbiotic relationship of best idea wins. But like yeah. I, the, the way that you think is so like in a way that I would never think. And, and I'm sure there's a vice versa to that in some respects, but it's, I'm very excited to see like when you can dwell on just the one thing instead of to the yeah. next, to the next, to the next, to the next, like what is going to be accomplished. And that excites me creatively for what we can do moving forward. Well, I think it also just highlighted to me, some somewhat of the importance of it, it just can't be your all and everything. Yeah. Because you just can't like, there's so much of things that I enjoy. Like I, I obviously like theater is, is life for me and always probably will be, but there has been kind of a realization of if it's not, if it's not there, like I'll be okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not, I still have my, I still have my family. I still have my friends. Like I will still be all right. Like I'll be okay. Like yeah. that would suck in some way, but I'll be okay. Um, it's definitely not going away, but, um, I know I'm saying that now I'm gonna, like going to get stuff from people being like, you're leaving forever. <laughs> like I'm not leaving. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still in it to win it. Um, but it's just that. I think when you give so much of yourself to something that you start to kind of like chip away at what makes you, you. And so I'm trying to like bring, that has been a little bit of my focus. So I'm trying to find things that I enjoy doing outside of the theater so that I can be a better artist. Honestly, here's a, here's an interesting thought experiment and you know, we don't necessarily have to answer this in the few minutes that we really (laughs) have left. But it's thinking about this, like, because in 2020, when we started this podcast, it was like we 
all of a sudden had to come to a complete halt. And you and I were both working on project to project to project yeah. and not really like giving ourselves any time in between things. And, you know, we were like, I'm so anxious to get to a point where it's like, oh man, I kind of want to slow down. And now we're both at that point where it's like, I really want to focus and make sure that the next, like, I wonder how much of 2020 has shifted our perspective on focusing on what is and isn't necessarily important. Mm -hmm. It's like, I got to find other things so that I can be inspired into these new ways. Yeah. I mean, you definitely, I think one of the traps is when you're constantly producing, you know, like when you never stop and when you're working on a show and you're designing the next show already and it's, it's just so much that you start to kind of get repetitive in what you do. Mm -hmm. Like there's no way. I mean, we all have our own specific styles and things that we bring to a project, but I feel like there, you know, there are easy ways out sometimes. Yeah. yeah. We can just be like, Oh, I don't really know. So I'm just going to pull this out of my toolbox. I know this will work and it'll be fine. And I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I do think that as far as the shifting perspective, I definitely think that when we could produce things, it was like, Oh yeah, we gotta go. Yeah. We gotta go. Let's do it all. And I think we did that and I'm good. Like, I'm just like, (laughs) I would now like to focus Yeah, and be in a little bit more intentional. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, intentional in my personal life as well as in my theater life, Mm -hmm. you know, just, just, yes, producing great things. And not just in theater, but like all around you. Yeah. All around. And, you know, it's just. It's just kind of like uh, the Saturday after I quit my job, um, I and it's Saturday after I quit my job and started my other job, um, I went on a hike for the first time in I don't know seven years. Yeah, <laughs> six seven years, which is crazy because I used to do that constantly and like go backpacking and stuff. It's like I totally lost that like connection that. I like really crave to nature and to like being out there where no one else is mm-hmm. and that kind of isolation, which I know seems kind of crazy because I'm constantly trying to be around people. Um, <laughs> but, but, I want to bring people to me, but yes, you know, in nature, I'm leave me alone. going to leave and don't come with me. Um, but in anyway, it was just kind of crazy. Like the feel like, it felt like some sort of weird release of something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it was. I don't, and, and looking retrospectively, like at those journals and some of the stuff. And honestly, like I threw a lot away um, and I didn't read all of everything. Um, at least you have Ernie. I, I do have Ernie and apparently used to think that I was very amusing. Um, but I like used to think, <laughs> 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 but I mean, you just, you just think I lost, I lost it. It's gone. It's gone. It's out, out of my brain. I don't know where I was. What's going to happen is we're going to change the subject it's and you go, Oh, I figured out what it was. <laughs> it's, it's left. It's, it's, it has left the building at the wrong time, but, but it yes. left the building. Well, you know, that feels like a good time to leave before you remember what it was on. Before mic. I remember what it is. Yeah. And then you have to, 
Trail it back. I got to edit this. I got to like tie it back to theater. How can we do this? Oh, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, basically, it's just like, you know, finding out who you are and keeping those things that make you special. Yeah. And, you know, not losing it in a sense. And hopefully getting that stuff back. Yeah. And uh, being a better artist. Because you can't just continue to... Re- to th- you, you did this. You can't just continue <laughs> to produce things. You know, if you're just producing things to produce things, then what is the point? Yeah. And it's just not interesting. And I feel like that is maybe, you know, the only reason, if anything, why we exist to put ourselves in through this financial peril or whatever, you know, yeah. distress of putting on shows. Well, it's something that you and I, you and I uh, had, had really had several conversations in regards to um, like, what can we do differently creatively that we're not actively already doing? Right. Yeah. And um, pushing the envelope. Yeah. What, and, and not just in theater, but like in some other creative outlets or aspects um, for the coming years, like what can we do to, find a way to sort of challenge ourselves. Yeah. You got to keep it exciting. And, you know, you and I kind of spitballed some ideas and then, you know, you kind of disappeared for a little while and we haven't had that conversation, but that is exactly what happened. But all that to say though, like it's just exciting to me to see what all of these next chapters are. Yeah, because like feels, bringing your life back. Yeah, it just feels kind of like we're on the precipice of whatever the next big change is. Yeah. And there's like this calm before the storm. Mm-hmm. And I'm very like anxious for what happens. I'm really excited for us to do Greater Tuna at the Fox. Mm-hmm. That is, I'm that I'm like hyper focusing on that for sure. Of like, oh, this is going to be so cool. These are like, you know, just the so many possibilities that we didn't have before with the previous venue that we yeah. did the show at that we now have. Well, the, <laughs> the difference for space. me was reading it. And because we had done the show before, we had done the sequel to this, seeing how we knew the characters well enough to lean into certain things. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> I like I, I don't know. I'm going to Jimmy Fallon really badly. I think it's just show. that you read the first the script from the first time that we did this and all of a sudden we're like, Oh, I don't want to throw up and this is exciting yeah, and not terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas the first time you read it, you talk about perspective. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I it's like we're still going. No, uh, I don't want to <laughs> fail my friend's business and I'm trying really hard to be <laughs> present. Well, who knows? We might be back in that position again, doing the show in Marksville and, not in Alexandria where we did it before. We'll we'll just see. It'll be another one of those moments of being like when we open the curtain. I, will there be anyone there? I'm a firm believer in the field of dreams yeah. of things. If you build it, they will come. Yeah, that's kind of that's been. Uh, we have been extremely fortunate, and it's almost like I just I just hope that people know like we at this point. Oh, these people put in so much work to make sure that we have an amazing time as an audience. Of course we're going to go. Yeah. And speaking of going, I think that this is a really great time for us to put a nice little bow on it. (laughs) Oh, Oh, you get to end it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. (laughs) And open the present later. Yeah. We're just, we're just gonna, we're just gonna say goodbye to you. Mm Mm-hmm. Goodbye. (laughs) And, uh, salutation. And that's Chris. And that is Ernie's owner, Cody Walker.
Walk. 